Hey guys, what's going on? Steve Rao here with The Bass Hang, and I'm bringing you another podcast. This podcast is the Weekly Three, but it's season two of the Weekly Three. It originally aired, or I originally recorded it, and um, aired it on YouTube in uh, February of 2014. It's about eight or nine episodes, and I decided to turn this into a podcast also. Um, got a lot of different gear that I'm going to that I show off, so I uh, figured it would be kind of cool as a podcast. Give it a shot. Um, there definitely will be some new ones and new episodes coming up where I'm going to be talking to different people, different players, Carrie Nordstrand, Uriah Duffy. I'll have Howard Elliott and Tony Paleo back, but um, just wanted to you know, get a little more content um, out there in a uh, bass podcast. Haven't really found anything that uh, covers bass gear and geekdom, so figure I'd start it. So, all right, guys, I uh, really appreciate appreciate you guys uh, tuning in. And if you have any questions, please email me at steve at thebasshang.com. And uh, yeah, I hope you enjoy it. All right, here's the weekly three, season two. Goodbye. <laughs> season two and it's going to be approximately eight to ten episodes and I'm going to be talking about gear, new gear, updated gear um, that I'm using or that I've uh, purchased or acquired and uh, just basically a little news wrap-up, a weekly news wrap-up that's approximately three minutes long. I can't talk. Approximately three minutes long, hence the weekly three. Um, So please subscribe to the channel and uh, every Wednesday at 8 a.m. I'll be releasing a video. So on this one, I want to really talk about two things. The first thing, I'm, um, again, a huge fan of DRs. The DRs that are on this bass. Are the high beams. And I really like high beams. Um, They're super bright. So uh, I've been doing a couple of gigs where it requires me to do some slapping and stuff. So I decided to uh, put some high beams on this. I do like the low riders also, and that's what I uh, use on my Marco bass because that bass seems to be a little bit brighter naturally, so I tone it down. But anyways, uh, so these are the DR high beams. Um, the other thing I want to talk about is this bass, the Squire Vintage Modified Jazz Bass. My videos on these basses get watched a lot, and I get a lot of comments uh, about reliability and how good they, you know, how good are they. And I will tell you this: it is probably my best spent 300 or so dollars ever. Um, the base rivals bases that are three times as much. Um, you can take them out, gig the crap out of them. They're going to work. I've done recording sessions. I've done gigs on big stages, little stages, and this base just works. Now, I did swap out the stock pickups. The stock pickups are the Seymour Duncan design, which are great. Um, and I did gig with them, and I recorded with them quite a bit. But I uh, found that I felt like the the headroom was a little compromised. I don't know, it felt a little compressed. So, what I have on here now are all gate. Anyways. These are the all gate pickups. 
Um, that was the bridge pickup, and then, you know, obviously... So as you can see, this bass rocks, nice and full sounding, big sounding, nothing wrong with the vintage modified Squires at all, any of them. Um, the four strings, the five strings, they are ridiculously amazing. So um, yeah, there's no doubt that they will stand the test of time, get one, play the crap out of it, and if it gets lost or dinged and um, you know, when you're traveling, buy another one. They're super consistent. Um, that being said, obviously there's refinements with bases that are handmade that you cannot touch with a uh, mass-produced base, but this base, it's, it's amazing. So anyways, until the next Weekly 3, uh, next Wednesday, we will see you, and goodbye. Steve Araujo here with the Bass Hang, and this is your weekly three. Uh, today, I'm going to talk about a couple of accessories that I recently picked up that I'm very, very happy with. Uh, the first one is my first uh, introduction, or my first try with a clip-on headstock tuner. So the one that I picked up that I really like is this. It's the Diadario, if you can see it, Diadario NS Designs clip-on tuner. Very interesting little pieces of gear. Uh, a couple of things that I've learned um, is this particular one, on the E and the B string, I have to hit the harmonics because it has a little bit of trouble picking up the um, vibration, that low end vibration. But again, if I play the harmonic on the 12th fret, it works fine. So um, it's very, very small footprint wise. So as you can see, it's, um, it's almost hidden, has this little stripe. And then on the back, if you can see, it's right there. And literally, I have a great view of it from my vantage point. You can see it right there. Um, the, a couple of things, another, another couple of things. Um, if you use a hanging stand and you put the tuner right here, it's going to hit. So I actually have moved it. A little farther up and it works just as fine just as well I should say so um, if you're using a hanging stand where this you know you need the these curves of the neck so that it hangs I just uh, move it down and it works just perfectly and that's where I set it for my five string too so uh, so far I really like it because it's very inconspicuous so you can't really see it um, and it works really well and the uh, the other thing is you turn it on you tune, if you forget to turn it off, it literally will turn itself off in 10 minutes. So, um, you know, you're not going to be draining a battery. And it's a lithium battery, too, I'm pretty sure. So it's going to last a long time. So, again, it is the Diadario Clip-On Tuner, and it's the Diadario NS Designs Tuner. So NS Designs, Ned Steinberger had something to do with it. So very cool little tuner. Very happy with it. I need to buy five of them. And... Just keep them on the bases. Um, all right, the other thing I want to talk about is this Groove Gear strap that I got. And I'm very, very happy. It's uh, the Groove Gear Solo Strap. Um, I'm super particular with my straps. I don't 
like neoprene or stretchy material because I don't want the base to move when it's sitting. When I have it set, I want it to stay put. A lot of those neoprene uh, straps will stretch. So when I'm playing, if I put any pressure, it's going to move around. So this thing just stays in one place. It's nicely padded also. Uh, it has suede back here, so it stays right on your shoulder. It kind of sticks. Um, the other really cool thing, <clears throat> well, it's leather too. It smells really nice, and, uh, and I like smelling it. So, yeah, that's a plus. But the other really ingenious um, thing about this is the mounting mechanism right in the back here for the adjustment. So there are three little screws that have a little mounting, like a, it's almost like a you know, screw and a, um, a threaded insert, basically. And it just basically attaches, and you can lower it or raise it, and it can be lowered and raised a lot. So you, you have a super wide range. But uh, for me, I just pretty much set it, and I use the second little um, strap button there, strap uh, hole, and it works perfectly, man. It stays put. It looks great. As you can see, it looks really, really great. It has little groove gear emblem and solo strap. So I'm pretty stoked. Uh, I'm glad that I found a really nice strap. I'm very particular uh, with straps. I found this no-name one years and years ago, and I have not been able to replace it or find a replacement. I love this strap, so I was super af I'm afraid that one day I'm going to lose it. But now I've got the groove gear, so I'm pretty stoked. So I have something that uh, will take its place or I can also use it. So anyways, uh, again, the two things are uh, for this week's uh, Weekly 3, the Diodario little micro-tuner by uh, NS, or the NS Designs micro-tuner by Diodario, and the Groove Gear Solo Strap. And it smells good, too. I like it. All right. Well, until next time, we'll see you next week. Bye. Hey guys, Steve Barajo here with the Bass Hang, and this is your Weekly 3. And I am stoked to bring you this little pedal. I just picked it up. It is the Three Leaf Audio Enabler Pedal. Uh, the Enabler Pedal is a EQ, it's a DI, and it's a headphone amp. Um, my main use for this is a direct box, a DI, uh, that has tone shaping. So it has an actual little preamp section that has a um, bass, mid, and a treble knob. So cut and boost. Um, so you can actually change uh, and tone shape your sound uh, accordingly. It also is a preamp, so it can drive a power amp, which is kind of cool. Uh, and it is also a headphone amp. So um, it's a great little box, tiny little box that is multi-use. Um, I've recorded a uh, quick little bass line on my TC Electronics Ditto pedal, which I'm going to play, and I'm going to kind of mess with the EQ settings. This is just a brief, like I said, this is part of the Weekly 3, it's just a very brief uh, video, but it's going to give you an idea of what the pedal sounds like. So here we go. There's a bass line. Not engaged. Slap, and then finger style, and then here's engaged. Flat. Kind of warms some things up, which is really nice, I like it. Um, I'm going to turn the bass knob up. So here's the bass knob going up. friendly. It's um, not overbearing. Here's the mid-range. So there's the mid-range all the way up. 
and here's the mid frequency. So this is down, and this is up. So I'm going from extremes just to show you what it sounds like. So here it is back at 12 o'clock. Here's the treble. So again, that's all the way up on the treble. And then here is flat. So Spencer says that flat is going to be 12 o'clock on the uh, bass, mid, and treble knob. So again, that's pretty much flat right there. Sounds great. Sounds awesome. The other thing with this pedal, um, it does have an XLR pre and post switch. So you have to know what that is. Um, every preamp, every direct uh, box with tone shaping, your amplifier uh, by the direct out has a pre and a post. Pre means, so pre-EQ, that's before you hit the EQ section, you're going straight from your bass to your XLR out to the front of the house or to the recording, uh, whatever you're going into with your XLR, okay, your recording rig or whatever. That means that it's unaffected, it's your bass's tone, and that's it. Post-EQ means that you are hitting this tone shaping section, your bass, your mid, your treble, and that is being thrown out through this XLR out to the front of the house to your recording rig. So it really depends on how you want it to sound. Um, I really like post EQ because I like to run my bass through the EQ section, cut and boost some things and just kind of tailor my sound. Um, this pedal also has an auxiliary, which I haven't tried it. Like I said, I just got it. So um, you can go in here and you can actually um, put an iPod through it, uh, whatever, any kind of uh, sound source to play along with. It also is, um, okay, the other two things, sorry, has gain and it has a master volume. So it is an incredibly useful little pedal. Um, again, I just wanted to show you the, uh, the boosting of these to show you what the frequencies were. Nothing was ridiculously harsh, um, although I would never use anything full on, full up when I'm playing. Um, it just boosted or cut it a little bit, but I just wanted to kind of uh, give you guys a, um, uh, a, a, you know, an example of what it sounds like. So again, three leaf audio enabler pedal. I'm stoked to have it. Uh, I will keep um, updating, but it's, uh, you know, on how it works for me at uh, certain gigs, but I'm sure it's going to be awesome. So that's it for the weekly three, three leaf audio enabler pedal. <laughs> Steve Araujo here with the Bass Hang. I am here with my good friend Doug Keppen. You've probably seen him on some videos. He is an integral part of the Bass Hang also. Really helps me out with a lot of videos and uh, really helps me out with a lot of products that I'm not familiar with and one of them is the Kala U-Bass. Uh, so welcome Doug. Thanks for coming on the show, yeah, man. Good really, to be here. Yeah, really appreciate it. So this is, a, a, this is part of the Weekly 3. It's basically going to hit on the strings that either come on the Kala U-Bass or that you can change. There's a lot of discussion. I don't know that much about them, so I'm gonna let Doug kind of take it over and talk about the strings that are on this bass right now. Okay, cool. These are the pyramid strings that um, are made by the Pyramid Company in Germany. Uh, they're especially made for the U-Bass. They are essentially a silk core with a silver-plated copper winding over them. So 
If you think of the bass strings, the low strings on, on a classical guitar, that's what this construction is like. Uh, the plus side is you get a lot of sustain. I know guys love the uh, U-bass for the uh, polyurethane strings that come on them. They're real thuddy, uprighty sounding. If you want a more guitar sound, mm -hmm. more bass guitar sound, you get that with these strings. It's just a little more, slightly more round wound sounding. It kind of sounds like a classical guitar that's mic'd, like 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 with a with a pickup almost, it, but obviously low end. That's what I'm kind of hearing. Silk sure. wrapped. It sounds Absolutely. like that. The low end sounds good. Yeah. I think it sounds really good. Yeah, it's a whole. It's really a very different dimension for uh, for the U bass. Whole completely different sound. Uh, works, I think, better with a pick uh, than the polyurethane strings or the thundergut strings. Um, the they're just great. I mean, they sound really nice. They feel good. They they're I don't know. They they feel yeah nice and basic elastic like uh, bendy. I guess I don't know. I don't... Well, that's an interesting point because the the U bases are set with kind of high action for the polyurethane strings. They have more um, you know sway, more play okay. when you pluck the string. The sweep is is wide, so you need higher action. Uh, you don't really need that action with these pyramid strings because they are stiffer. Huh. Definitely more stiff, and it takes a little more effort to press them down. You don't notice it so much in the first five frets or so. Once you get up to the seventh to the twelfth, you have to press the strings down harder. Um, and it's kind of a problem, I think, because you can't adjust the bridge height on these basses. On an acoustic guitar, you know, you just pop mm -hmm. out the, the bridge and you hit it with a sander. File it down. Exactly. Yeah. To the height you need. You can't do that here because the piezo pickup's built into the bridge. Okay. So my, and then another question, you're talking about when the action is higher, you're talking polyurethane strings, different strings, that affects intonation. Uh, yeah. Okay. It, it does a little bit, yeah. So these tend to play a little more in tune than the others, or how is that? Is that, is that one of the things that affects the Kala U-Bass community? With a lot of strings, the intonation, intonation playing in tune. Intonation's an issue, and okay. a lot of guys play fretless to adjust just by moving, you know, up or down on the fretboard. Okay. Uh, these definitely have better intonation. As long as the bass itself is in tune, it's much closer. And how's your uh, this one particular? Pretty. It set. does pretty well. There's okay. a couple of notes, mm -hmm. you know, that are iffy. Okay. Okay. They they move a few cents one way or the other. Interesting. Still not perfect. It, it's mostly I've noticed above the tenth fret here. That's where it starts to get to be an issue, especially with uh, the lower strings, because um, they're big and you know it's big effect. Yeah. Uh, with tiny little frets, any variation it shows up. Okay. Uh, and then how about playing, like I said, with a pick? You said that that's kind of a cool thing, and maybe uh, acoustically we'll, we'll turn down the amp and maybe play it that way, yeah. because people like that, right? Right. They, okay. Yeah, you probably wouldn't play with a pick so much on the polyurethane strings. It, it would be a lot to get across them, you know, the okay. string's going to bend as you yeah. hit it. Whereas these are stiff, and it's... This is a Fender medium, so kind of classic. Yeah, a mark bass, little mark, and a uh, 112 form factor set flat, so mm -hmm. no EQing at all. Mm -hmm. So, 
definitely bitier. I mean, you can use a fatter pick like a Dunlop 207. It's going to sound more round. I like the sound of the strings. I really do. Yeah. I, I've heard it. I remember when you played it with the... I'm not sure exactly what strings, but I, I like these. Yeah. I like the sound of them. Uh -huh. um, yeah. Well, just... you're an electric player. They he... kind of primarily play yeah. the rock stuff these days. You mm -hmm. used to play the jazz thing. but okay. um, And and the Aquila Thunderguts mm -hmm. and the standard polyurethane strings that come on the bass really get closer to that sound. But but you're right. This is okay. This is much more open cool. bass guitar sounding. And acoustically, with the volume off, yeah. what do you... Well, I think they're a lot louder. Okay. You, could you might be able to hear. They are, yeah, being round wound, like with that steel round wound or whatever, it sounds like they project a little more. Yeah. I okay. Think you, with a quiet acoustic guitarist, mm -hmm. you could get away with it if you're hanging okay. around the house, you know, cool. and playing some things together. You might have to hit them a little bit harder, uh -huh. but you could be heard. Okay. With the other strings, it's iffy, it's questionable. Cool. So to wrap it up, can you give me just a quick rundown on the sets of strings and what the qualities are? Do you think, just for the for the U-Bass kind of community, sure. just to... Well, yeah. most people know that they come with the black strings that are called pahohos. Those are the stock strings. Those are the stock strings that okay. are polyurethane. Uh, they tend to have the most intonation issues. Got and it. I, I believe it's a construction thing with the string. It's just hard to get them consistent okay. across the length. Pahohos, yeah. stock. Okay. And then uh, there's a company called Aquila, Aquila in Italy that makes uh, Thundergut strings, which are the white ones in the other video we did. Yes. Okay. Those are a little stiffer, and they're um, they're kind of a plastic elastic blend, is what I believe the package says. Okay. Uh, the intonation is better on them, and they're more consistent. Some people think they're sticky. Uh, it's yeah. really the E and the A string, and I talked to the the maker at Nam mm -hmm. this year, and he said it's it's just a matter that every string is the construction, the composition is a little different. Interesting. That goes into it. So not as consistent string to string, set to set. So you're kind of. Sometimes you'll get the thunderguts. Yeah, the Aquila. No, they're no. very good. Oh, they are. Okay, they are. Okay. Typically, it's the E and A that is just a little sticky, and it's just a matter of the compound. Okay. They need to make those strings, I think, heavier. Cool. So there's Aquila, and then these are the pyramid. Pyramid. Pyramid strings. Strings. Yeah, and these are the most expensive. And, okay. Um, I've had these on the base for uh, over a year. I wow. Really? I, yeah. They sound great. They yeah. sound alive. They yeah. sound killer. Okay. I don't play this a lot, and I haven't gigged this this bass with these strings, but okay. uh, it's still got, you know, some hours into it, mm -hmm. obviously, over yeah. over a year, and cool. um, there's things to really like about them, yeah, they really project, if you want to play sort of more acoustic guitar sounding things, okay. you're going to want this, if you want the standard thumpy U-bass tone, you're going to want the other strings. Cool, well, I will definitely link the original video, I think, do we do one or two? Just one. Do the other video uh, to this one, so you'll be able to see that video um, and kind of compare and I know this was a little bit longer weekly three but I know that this this comes up a lot the yeah. string dilemma with the Kala Yube so I really kind of wanted to hit on that and yeah. Um, yeah and Doug thank you for for coming in and and discussing man it really uh, means a lot and I really appreciate it and I, I think the uh, audience will appreciate it too absolutely so Always cool a pleasure all right thanks buddy play uh, play us a little bit if you want mm -hmm. man
This is a an old Ken Smith BT5, I'm pretty sure. Um, I forget the year that this bass is, but it's a very uh, old Ken Smith, and I'm honored to actually uh, have it on loan to me. So I just wanted to... I just felt like playing it. Um, anyways, it's just a gorgeous instrument, and I've been working on a video on it for a little while, and, um, you know, I use it on some videos. Anyways, this is the Weekly 3. I want to talk about a couple of items um, other than this awesome Ken Smith. Uh, vintage Ken Smith. Um, the first is the Zoom H4n. This little video, this little video, this little audio recorder um, is incredible. It is a compact audio recorder. It has two mics built in, but it also has inputs for microphones, uh, you know, XLR or quarter inch. So um, I use this for remote recordings when I have to mic something up or I have to um, mic something other than what I'm you know, capturing on my camera, because I have a very good Sennheiser MKE 400 for my camera, but if I have to mic something else, another instrument or a cabinet or something like that, I use this. I'll link up a couple of videos um, where I used this. I basically used a large diaphragm condenser going straight into this, nothing else, and it sounded amazing. I'm very impressed. So this is an absolutely um, a valuable, valuable little tool in my arsenal for video recording, remote recording. It's the Zoom H4n. So I'll link a couple of videos. Uh, the other thing I want to say is that you should know what you are recording at on your video camera and basically have it match this. So I record at 48K 16-bit uh, waveforms on this so that when I import my audio, it matches up and I don't have to do any rendering, I don't have to do any messing around. Um, so it matches up fairly nicely and quickly. So uh, that's it, waveform, 48K 16-bit, that's the Zoom H4n, amazing little machine. Uh, and then the last item is the Apogee Jam 96K. Um, I am working on a video for this little instrument, this little item. It basically is a little preamp and an interface that goes right into your iPhone or your iPad and it records at ridiculously amazing uh, quality. So keep an eye out for that. That will be out soon. It's the Apogee Jam 96K. Now they have two of them. This is the 96K version, um, the silver, little silver bullet edition. So anyways, that's it for the Weekly 3 this week. And uh, it was brief, but um, I'll be back next week. And that's it. See ya.
Sean Steve Araujo here with the bass hang and this is your weekly three and I am going to talk strings and I'm going to talk DR strings they are my go-to choice of strings I've been using them for years I I've tried a lot of different sets and sometimes try different sets I get sent different manufacturers uh, string sets to me and I always go back to DRs and DRs you can check it out so um, let me talk about a few different sets on the Marco bass here, I have the Neon Blues, and they are coated strings, and for years and years, I was not into coated strings, but they have found a way to keep the brightness and um, the longevity, the life of the string, and I really, really like them. I'm very happy with them, and they look really, really cool. As you can tell, they're blue, and they make a lot of different colors. I think they make a pink, a red, black, blue, and a lot of different colors. So um, I put them on this bass about six days ago. And since then I've done a couple of gigs. I've done a clinic and I did an event where um, a lot of people were touching this bass, playing this bass, fiddling with it, doing their thing, slapping, popping. And it's, uh, the strings have really uh, kept up. Kept their life and brightness. And I really, really like them. So I believe on this bass, I'm going to now uh, do the neons. Um, either the, you know, blues like are on, that are on here or the reds. I'll try different sets out. But to me, their uh, brightness level, their... Uh, with the lowriders, if you're familiar with the lowriders, which are not as bright as their high beams, they're a little bit darker, and that's what I would compare them to. So I compare the neons to the lowriders in terms of brightness. So I'm going to play a couple of other basses. Again, this is the uh, these are the neons on this bass, which I really like. And let me get another bass out. All right. So guys, this is my Squire Jazz bass, and on here I have. Oh, and let me say one more thing. On my Marco bass, the neons, the gauges that I usually use are 45, 65, 85, 105. Yeah, 45, 65, 85, 105. And then on the five string, I'll use a 45, 65, 85, 105, 125. For me, that just seems to be a great gauge and it, it works for me. So you may want to experiment, but it works for me. So on this bass, these are the high beams, DR high beams. So as you can tell, for me, I think that these strings are a little brighter. Actually, they're a lot brighter. So, um, depending on the bass, I'll try them on different bases. You know, I tried different string sets on different bases, and certain string sets suit certain bases better, I think. That's my opinion. So, on this bass, I like a nice bright set of strings, hence, I went for the high beams. <laughs> They're, they've always been consistent. Uh, again, I can't say enough 
good stuff about DR strings. I really like them. So again, those are the high beams on this bass. Let me get one more bass. All right, guys, so this is an old P bass. And on here, I have some old Marcus Miller fat beams, um, which are, let me find them. Bam, right here. These are the fat beams of Marcus Miller's, which I really, really think are super close to the tone and the brightness of the lowriders. Um, actually, these are not super old. They're probably about six or seven months old. And again, gauge-wise, six months old so I on this bass I kind of like a little bit not so bright not as bright as the high beams I like them a little bit uh, less bright so I either use the low riders on this bass or the fat beams which I think are kind of equal so um, and if you want to hear it on a P bass. So kind of to wrap it up, um, I tried the neon strings. I really like them. They're killer. Uh, these are the low riders, which I use, and I actually kind of equate them to the Marcus Millers in terms of brightness. They're both pretty, uh, pretty similar. Um, and then I don't have a box, but the high beams are the other set that I really like, and that's what's on my Squire. And those are probably the brightest strings that they make. And again, on some bases, I really, really like them. So anyways, I hope that helps. And I want to just give a big, big Thank you to DR because they always support and are a big supporter of the bass hang. And um, they've helped out with some events with uh, providing some strings for these events for giveaways. So I cannot begin to thank them enough. So anyways, until the next Weekly 3, we'll see you later. Hey guys, what's going on? It's Steve Rajo here with The Bass Hang, and this is the uh, second to the last, the penultimate uh, episode of the Weekly 3 for Season 2. So there's only one more episode after this. Um, I got sent uh, an item uh, from Apogee, and I love Apogee products. They sent me this little 96K jam, which is a pretty incredible little unit. Um, I've been calling it the Silver Bullet. <laughs> it's this pretty incredible little unit, which is basically an interface 
um, to record and I was recording right onto my iPhone 5 for this example. So literally comes right out of the jam and plugs straight into your iPhone 5. Comes a little, uh, you know, the newfangled uh, connector for the new iPhone and iPad. And then there's your quarter inch, so your guitar, bass, uh, whatever, will plug into here. And this is your interface, so and there's a little gain switch on the side. Um, so I recorded some examples uh, right in a garage band going direct and I really like it. It actually sounds really, really good. Um, uh, I tended, I tend, I used the, basically the B15 plugin, which I really, really liked, which I found was probably the best uh, amp model, amp simulator for uh, garage band for this unit and that's available through Amplitube. Um, it seems like the Jam 96K is geared more for guitar players, so a lot of the amp models, effects units, and stuff that are available are for guitar, but I did find a couple that I really liked, and I'm sure there's some more out there, but um, I like the Ampeg B15 model for GarageBand, and I really, really liked the Octave effect. That actually sounded really good. Um, the standard SVT model was okay, but the B15 with the 112 and the little... Um, simulated U87. Um, that was a really great combination. I really liked it. Um, it has an envelope filter that's not that good for bass. I'm sure it's great for guitar, but hopefully somebody's going to be making more effects and more, I don't know, plugins, so to speak, for GarageBand and for this for that, that are bass specific. Um, that would be kind of nice. But the octave effect is really good. And the chorus effect actually is really, really nice. Pretty lush, too. So basically, you can be anywhere and record ideas right to your iPhone uh, and export them. So the, the little ideas that are in the beginning and the end of this video were recorded with the jam straight into here through GarageBand. So um, anyways, uh, I hope you dig it. It's a really, really cool unit. I think they're a little bit over 100 bucks. So pretty amazing the quality you get um, for... <laughs> pretty inexpensive. Um, I will also say that it does come with other connectors. So basically the jam will come with the new style um, iPhone, iPad connector. It also comes with a USB um, cable and it also comes with the old style um, wider pronged like this basically, like the old style iPhone and iPad little connector. So they've kind of thought of everything and I still I'm a huge fan of Apogee. My duet gets a lot of um, use, and I love it. So, anyways, if you get a chance, try out the little jam, the little silver bullet. It is pretty rocking. All right, guys. So I'm playing my Marco jazz bass, and I am playing um, the B15 model, which I really, really like, and seems to be, um, at least in my opinion, one of the better sounding ones. You can see here, B15. Uh, it does cost a little bit. I think it's like four bucks to buy, and I'm using Amplitube, as I kind of said. So um, here it is. So actually, let's bypass it. Here's bypassed. All right. So here's by that was bypassed, just going through the jam. Now here is the B15 model.
sounds actually pretty darn good. It has that little bit of breakup, just like a B-15 would have. Very woolly sounding. almost an effects unit. So I'm just going um, into my jam, out of my jam into my iPhone and into my Mark Bass head into a 112 cab. So uh, there's endless possibilities. You can see here, if I scroll, it basically has the front end of a B15. I really like that ultra low. Um, here's the ultra low off. And then I hit it on and really really like it um so let me run something else let me go i'm gonna bypass now this is the sbt type of model Basically, um, I'm going to leave the controls there, so I'm going to bypass that. And now, the one that I really like is this octave, octave um, effect. okay um, and it's actually pretty cool I really like it that was going right into my mark bass head and uh, into my form factor cabinets so there's different cabinets here let's try a 212 212. So let's try let's try another cab. Let's try the 115. Really super thick. I I kind of prefer. Here's a 115. Sorry. Really really sounds like a 15. I prefer the 112. I'm a 12 kind of guy. Whoops. Anyways, it's a really cool unit. So that was a quick little review or overview of a couple of the effects that are available through Amplitube uh, for the Jam 96K. Um, and I was going straight out of my iPhone into my Mark Bass head and into the Form Factor 112 cabinet. So that was what you were hearing 
Um, and it is really a, a nice little effects unit. I have some friends that are playing guitar and are using it as kind of a, a pseudo pedal board. So uh, I just want to, kind of wanted to try it and it actually sounded good. So anyways, I hope you enjoyed the examples and we'll see you next week. season two of the weekly three. Uh, it has been very fun and I've uh, got to play a lot of really fun gear. Uh, I've got a, acquired some really great gear that I'm using that I really, really enjoy. And um, so anyways, uh, it was fun. So it'll be back. The weekly three will be back probably a couple of months. Um, but again, this is the last episode of season two. And I have a couple of items here that, um, if you were at the Oliva Capolo Basicer a couple of weekends ago, um, my, my friend Brad Forbes, um, won some equipment. He's the luckiest man on earth, winning all raffles. So, he won a couple of items, which I'm going to talk about. So, this is the Oliva Capolo P-Base. Um, so it's a smaller style body. Uh, I forget which one he actually is modeling after, but I'll find out. Um, maybe it's like an 80s style P-Bass, but anyways, this is just a really great instrument that my friend Brad won in the raffle. Um, it has Oliva Capolo pickups, the P-Bass pickups. It's basically just volume and tone. So that's tone all the way up, tone down. fun to play definitely has the traditional P bass um, string spacing so it's kind of bigger up here by the nut uh, but it's very comfortable to play and it's Corina so the wood is Corina the front the back the neck is the same Corina and then he has his traditional um, uh, headstock and then the 60s style hip shot tuners so anyways just a really really great uh, P bass and a great example of Jimmy Capolo's um, uh, luthier skills. So, very, very cool bass. All right, uh, second up is more winnings from my friend Brad. So, he won this Groove Gear Stadium. Or, no, sorry, it's the club bag. So, he won this club bag, and it's just an amazing bag, especially for uh, people that are doing a lot of traveling. So, there's this big pocket here for me. I would put video cameras and uh, you know computer equipment. So you've got this big giant pocket right here. Then you have compartments on the side. So you can see that you can put all kinds of gear and they actually go all the way through. And it is configurable. You can do different things. So as you can see, it kind of goes all the way through. 
Very, very cool little bag. And then it also has side pockets. Right? Um, has the standard backpack um, straps and then a chest strap. So if you're running through the airport and you put the chest strap on, uh, it's going to be a little more stable. Uh, and then it also has this huge, huge flat pocket in the back that actually folds out like this. So you can put a laptop, iPad, whatever you want to. So it also has this um, ScanFly uh, insert. I'm not really sure exactly what that is, but I think it's so that when you have to check all your electronics, you can attach the electronics to that and just flip it out so you don't have to necessarily remove the whole thing. So anyways, uh, very, very amazing, really killer bag by Groove Gear, and that is the club bag. So again, um, yeah, my friend Brad is probably the luckiest guy in the world winning all these raffles, so he just brought the stuff over for me to kind of play and to do a little report on. So um, anyways, Groove Gear club bag and Oliva Capolo Carina P-Bass. Pretty amazing instrument. So uh, till the next uh, season of the Weekly 3, I will see you guys next time. Bye.